0: Look at it. Who is cute? Who is a cute little mini? Imagine if people spoke about their mini sods like they spoke to babies, yeah? they just, they're like, who is a cute little mini soad? Yeah, you wouldn't want that, would you? So, body odor. Let's speak about it. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is not about body odor, but there's different kinds to it, okay? There's like clear ones very like, yeah, that person has not showered in like months. But then also there are ones very like, it's clearly they showered today, but it's just a mix with sweat, right? Yeah, it's just something that I keep observing. Oh, also, okay, uh, this I should have saved this for a big episode for the, you know, you're joining your next Zoom call thing, but fuck it, you're getting it now because I mentioned body odor. At one of my companies, it was in like initiation handbook, whatever the fuck they call it, it's like that onboarding experience. And as I'm the person that always notices these patterns, okay, if your company during an interview is asking you one of those like, really weird questions, like, I don't know, what did I hear recently? Oh, yeah, it was my husband. And the woman asked him, how would you deal with it, like, if you had a beef with your manager? She didn't say beef. <laughs> you get what I mean. It's like, oh, if you had issues with your manager, how would you go about it? And, like, he was like, yeah, that was a weird question. And I said, that means... And I said, like, that most definitely means that they had that situation before. And now it's kind of like, hey, how would you deal with it? So, if any of these handbooks has, like, really weird bits, like... The one that I mentioned had like, um, yeah, so just be mindful of like body odor. (laughs) It's like some weird shit. I was like, how did you even fit this in? It's like, under what section do you fit body odor in? (laughs) It's like, welcome to the team. Please shower before you come to work. Like, wait, how did you fit it in? Well, people we're talking about today (laughs) did not give a fuck about body odor. They just want to eat you. Yeah, that's right, we're talking about cannibals, oh, by the way, yeah, my name is Maya, <laughs> it's like two minutes in, but yeah, you are not stranded, you might have been lost, but now you have been found, okay, listen, His name is Maya, it's by all means necessary, it's a mini-sode, it doesn't have a structure, kind of, sort of, it does, but people were talking about today did not give a fuck about body odor, they're just like, listen, <laughs> they sent me on a wild, wild goose chase. I did not, I did not, I did not know where to approach this from, how to approach this topic, but I just didn't know shit about it. So I was like, I need to understand why do people eat other people? What is their problem in general? How do you get to that stage? And then there's a bunch of things where I found stuff like the calories of people's different parts of human body. Uh, just the ending I was like how do I structure this episode where do you begin from there's so much information online but also it's not like oh structured you know this way that way either it's historical or it's like about a particular thing or there's this article about like hey well you might want to think about it because your poop is going to be very constipated and uh, like human body has a lot of calories and I'm like who the fuck what is this who is this aimed at who is your reader? Who is your audience? So, this is gonna have little bits and pieces of everything, okay? It's gonna start from history. <laughs> of course, there's gonna be like, where did this word come from? Moment. Then, I'm gonna try to, like, break down with, like, some famous cases as to why different people cannibalize different people. And then, the ending, it just happens, okay? It just happens. Let's see if we can draw conclusions about cannibalism. Let's do it. Who were the first cannibals? Well, (laughs) remember how you celebrate Columbus? Yeah, he was a bitch. Don't celebrate Columbus. Yeah, that Columbus, Christopher. (laughs) Sir Christopher. Yeah, he's your son, okay? He's your son, Christopher. He, you know how he discovered America, but it wasn't America. Well, in 1492, he encountered this West Indies Carib tribe, basically Native Americans, who were ritually cannibalistic. But instead of calling them Caribs, like, you know, Caribbean, Caribs, no, he mistakenly pronounced it as cannibals, and then it stuck. So according to Merriam-Webster, the word cannibal was first introduced in 1553. So, long ass fucking time ago. As every morbid story goes, this again had to do with uttering, with uttering of Native Americans. So it's actually not, it's actually speculated that Columbus, once he discovered this island, was kind of spreading rumors to Queen Isabella of Spain. Saying like, yeah, they're like cannibalizing people. They're like eating others. (laughs) Oh my god, like they're acting so fucking weird. So Queen Isabella bans cannibalism in the Caribbean islands. But then because Columbus was actually, well, enslaving these people and just asking them to work for them for technically nothing, anybody who failed to produce gold for him in Guadalupe at the time was a cannibal to him. Remember that? Hmm. Remember how slavery used to work? And yeah, if you didn't produce enough cotton, then you would get whipped just because, you know, it's, it's like you didn't fit this standard of a human ticket, Columbus man. So many historians, even to this day, will tell you that this was just a propaganda tactic, spreading that the indigenous people were cannibals, just, again to stir up fears, and to induce power. Since then, cannibalism kind of took the form of medicinal cannibalism, you could call it, where people quite technically used to eat ground-up mummies. It's like, you know how you have milkshake now? You're like, oh, vanilla flavor, chocolate flavor. Kind of like that. (laughs) Desperately trying to make the story relatable, okay? (laughs) To millennials. From the 16th through the 18th centuries, blood ground bones, and other body parts were routinely used in what is referred to as medicinal cannibalism. So this particular cannibalism through history was like a persistent theme. And you know how like Elizabeth Báthory used to bathe in the blood of her victims because she was like, oh, it's my beauty regime, you know, tutorial, link in bio. Well, cannibalism kind of took it as like the theme of this vitality of the human body and spirit and that can be ingested to, you know, to bestow this power and force upon human beings. And they were like, yeah, you watch my tutorial, bitch. It's kind of a cooking, cooking tutorial. Yeah, did I mention not to eat during this episode? Probably not. Probably should have. Well, fuck it. It's too late now. So yes, people actually believe that mummified human shakes cure diseases. And then... There's also records that the mummies weren't just enough because, you know, eventually you run out of mummies. If you start believing that medicinal cannibalism works, then you suddenly need more corpses, for the lack of a better word. This topic is awkward, okay. So it started with the mummies, but then when they would run out of them, they would ramage people's graves and dig other corpses up. Stop desecrating human bodies, I tell you, every fucking time. And they pushed it to the point that in China, filial cannibalism is actually a whole term slash thing So this is actually when the parts of the children are used by parents to cure them so they would just like eat all these different flashes from like the thighs sometimes like small fingers all different like bits and pieces that wouldn't actually harm them to the point of like dying but it was still fucking bizarre and I put and you thought your parents were strict (laughs) people push this to the point that there is a whole like tribe of fora people in new guinea that was actually studied because their cannibalism was like such a huge part of their life they actually had cannibalistic funerary rites now say funerary five times and this is you know how now you can sign off on like your organs being used after you die well this is technically a signing off your body to be used once you're dead and by use, I mean eaten, right? You know that, right? <laughs> the terminology here, the terminology. So this particular tribe obviously pushed it to the point that they justified it because eating the bodies of their relatives was done to cleanse their spirits. Duh. Not surprisingly, though, thousands of them died due to cannibalism. And because they contracted what's called kuru. So K-U-R-U. So this actually comes from the foreword for shaking. So kuru is technically a brain disease that's similar to mad cow disease and basically occurs because of eating human brains. So brains have this thing called prions. You're going to hear a lot about prions in this episode. And prions are the things, the little substances that submit this disease, that transmit this disease. So the symptoms are kind of like trembling and that's where the word for shaking comes for it. And then it results in death. What the fuck is a prion? Well, there's multiple articles that mention it, because the next section is all about the consequences. I love how I put it as consequences, but it's like, please, I'm not encouraging cannibalism here. Don't do it. We're not supposed to do it, technically. It's humans. Animals? Yeah. We? No. So a prion. What is a prion, Maya? A prion is a misfolded protein... That causes prion diseases, or transmittable spongy form, and ence- what the fuck is this word? Encephalopathies. Yeah, sure. Prion diseases affect the brain, giving it a sponge-esque form. Not unlike Swiss cheese. Who the fuck wrote this article? This is not me. This is not even my joke. I don't know what the fuck this is on about. So these transmissible spongiform TSEs, they call them, because they knew nobody can fucking pronounce it. Well, they were first observed with the tribe that I just mentioned from Papua New Guinea. And well... When they observed it, like, the symptoms would just escalate. So it starts with, like, you just being tremorous, you know, you're just shaking as fuck, and then progresses to, he says, emotional instability. You being unresponsive, getting ulcers, and ultimately dying. And Kuru was actually most often seen in women and children, because traditionally women and children ate the brain of the dead. Interesting. And the brain has much higher concentration of these prion things, than the other organs but other organs can contain them as well so okay it's not like oh yeah you can be a cannibal like just don't eat brain no other shit doesn't we're not supposed to eat human bodies so when you eat a prion right (laughs) it's like biology lesson here (sighs) they will convert your normal proteins in the body you know the normal shit that you should have into even more prions and there's no way of stopping it like it's fatal it's painful it's incurable So what are other risks, you may ask? Obviously, there are people that have been, well, eating others and nothing much has happened to them. You know, our boy Jeff, in the beginning of the episode, he didn't seem to... He seemed to know what he was doing when preparing the meat. Anyways. But yeah, prions are one of the problems. But also, if you eat meat from other person who is carrying, like, any form of disease, you're in shit as well. Also, just in general, the liver and the kidneys of humans are filled with, like, waste products. It's like, it's eating technically humans' what? Piss and shit. Right? Right. Biologists, right? (laughs) So yeah, because, it says, they're the part of body's filtration system. So yeah, you're technically eating humans' piss. Do you want to do it? No. People's eyes contain an acidic solution, which can make humans sick as well. Then, fingers and toes, if you're really into fucking food fetishism and shit are filled with cartilage which your body won't and can't digest we are not supposed to eat humans i love this article and penises are spongy and have little nutritional value it's like penises are actually quite appealing to people so listen they're spongy and also they don't give you much (laughs) like you, you need like an appetizer you need a whole fucking dish when you eat a penis like what's not to understand. It's like there's nothing much for us to say on this penis topic so uh, just don't eat them. They won't fill you up. <laughs> dirty jokes. Dirty jokes. I mean, no. No. That's an easy job right there instead of a blowjob. Okay, I'll exclude myself. I'll stop it. this. God. It's like cannibals are like, well with blowjobs, teeth are not welcome but here, you know, teeth are very welcome. I, I Stop. Stop it. It's like the level of inappropriate, me trying to cope with cannibalism topic is great. I put here because I love this connotation. Basically, you know how you have mushrooms, right? So you kind of know like, okay, this is how the poisonous ones look like, okay? Don't eat those. And then these are the ones that you can eat. Well, with humans, you can't really tell that, right? Because you're technically eating insides. You don't know. I mean, certain parts of the body, as I mentioned, do have prions. But then other parts of the body, you never know if they're infected. Well, if they have piss and shit in them. Or just in general, like what you're consuming. So it's not like... Quite like eating venomous mushrooms, you know. Mm-hmm. Hashtag, venomousmushroom.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check it out. It's such a such an emotionally charged blog. It's such a positive blog space. Anyways, doesn't matter. But yeah, if all of this didn't convince you, we are actually heavy in calories. I'm gonna put this up, but there's this, like, whole diagram of, like, human anatomy in human body and saying how much um, different parts of the body add up in calories. But, yeah, one man could represent a walking grocery cart worth of 125,822 calories. Mm-hmm. So your skeleton has over 25 k calories, your thighs have over 13,000, and your skin has over 10,000. The lowest things in calories would be, where is it, spleen, only 128. Who calculated this? Who calculated this? What kind of fitbit bullshit is this? It's like there's no this precision when it comes to an apple. It's like, oh, an apple can range from like 40 to 60 calories. No, spleen is 128, okay? 128.1. Kidneys are also super low in calories. 376. Oh, pancreas, pancreas, sorry, pancreas. Oh my god, you skinny bitch, 161 calories. God, I put here in the next slide. It's like in my criminal mind, this means that the risk is high because it's not like actually murdering a person, right? And you're like, okay, cool, I clean the fingerprint, you know. Not encouraging it, don't kill people. But you get what I mean. You're like, okay, cool. You know, I disposed of it, like, I don't think I left any DNA. This is more like, it's risky. In a sense, like, if you want to dabble into it, you are bringing harm onto yourself. And you're also going to get, like, fed, Like, don't do it. <laughs> Jesus. If for nothing else. Okay, so, main reasons. There was this beautiful article, right? So now, let's break down some famous cases and why have they done it. So, most often, it's a survival strategy. Then... Sometimes it's stress-induced, and it's just people with mental health issues. And sometimes it's all about sex, baby. It's all about sex, baby. It's all about you and me. The most infamous case that you might probably know about if you are into true crime cases the most famous one of survival cannibalism is the Donner Party named so morbidly. So this is when the American pioneers who were just migrating to California were stranded at the mountain of Sierra Nevada and then they had to resort to cannibalism to survive because nobody was saving them for days. It was called It was in the snow, and people have been dying, and they have uh, run out of supplies, so they had to resort to eating their teammates. But you could say in this particular case that they were, like, mentally kind of there, because they resorted to eating people only once they basically ran out of every other option. And that is animal bones, they actually ate their dog as well... And, like, every other, like, plant or animal, just, like, anything that they could. Because, remember, again, it's snowing. There's not much options around there. Now, because the first world problems, I was really interested about, like, okay, so these people have clearly consumed huge amounts of human flesh over some period of time, once they ran out of everything. I was like, but how were they, was their poop okay? And, uh, no, (laughs) I'm just gonna tell you, it constipates the shit out of you so yet another survival story to just <laughs> picture this for you because this is obviously again people's events because from Donna party everybody was kind of focusing on like the rest of the story and like oh was there any treasure there all that nonsense instead of like hey how the fuck did you eat some money how do you disassociate that from you know life And, like, how was it? Can you describe cannibalism for me? Are there any side effects? Can you fucking speak? But in 1972, a plane carrying the Uruguayan rugby team crashed into the Andes. Or Andes. The the fucking mountain range, okay? So only 16 out of 45 passengers survived. And then, obviously, again, once they ran out of supplies, they had to resort to eating their teammates. So when they accounted this for the survivor's story, they have said that they have been super fucking terribly constipated after eating their teammates. So yeah, if you're like me and you enjoy shitting, truly, honestly, you just love relieving yourself and it's like a thing for you, don't dabble in cannibalism. Then, of course, there are people who justify it as being ritualistic. And one of the most famous cases of cannibalism as such is the one of Issei Sagawa so this Japanese dude, right? (laughs) Japanese crimes there there should be a podcast just covering Japanese crimes because they're the most gruesome they're like the weirdest thing on the internet just in general but yeah, this guy, in 1981 so not really even that long ago basically invited this Paris classmate of his for a study session and when she arrived, he just murdered her and cannibalized the shit out of her and he prolonged it for about two days for him. This guy is also out of prison now. Mm-hmm. He lives today as a free man. And this is because of like some poor relations between Japan and France, where he'd been studying. I just can't believe, don't believe, but yeah. Most cases of cannibalism, however, are related to some mental health issues. As such is, this case is so f- fascinating. If I don't cover it, just watch it. Like, Bailey Sarian covered it. Like, there's a bunch of, like, podcasts that did. It's it's the Greyhound bus killer, murder, whatever you want to call it. Well, the murder is called Vince Lee. So he just out of nowhere was sitting next to a guy on a bus, next to Tim McLean on a bus, and just out of nowhere took a knife out and started stabbing him. So everybody actually left the bus... And he just desecrated this guy's body. He, like, decapitated it after stabbing it. And he was just going at it, decapitating this poor fucking person, and just desecrating his body. And he said that the voices in his head told him to do it. He had a proper fucking... If I remember right, because I've listened to this recently. So he had, like, a proper trip, basically. Well, I don't know how, what else to describe it. So even from, like, waiting at the bus station, he was just, you know, there were bus passing by. He just got onto this bus like quite randomly because again the voices told him to do it and kind of like he sat where the voices told him to sit and then just in the middle of the night was like no this is the person that you need to sacrifice you need to kill so yeah that was a trip clearly some mental health issues and yes he has been retained at a mental health facility Oh, wait, he was also released in 2017. How about we don't release these people? No, does anybody fear like once you meet this person, you're like... Hey, are you not gonna cannibalize me now? No, everybody's released, it appears. Then another famous one, and again, not so far away, year 2000, Catherine Knight, the Australian serial killer, the one that kind of looks like a squirrel. It's just, I just don't understand how this woman was getting laid as frequently as she was. I just don't. And nobody kind of mentions it, I mean, because it's kind of like, (laughs) shaming. We shouldn't just really be speaking about people How like they're ugly on the outside As well as they're on the inside But with Katrina it's really prevalent It's just really there Why I mention it is because this case is kind of like Revolving around her Just getting the fucking guys Getting married to them And then just being a domestic motherfucking abuser And this is the one where her husband Actually told the co-workers If something happens to me It was Katrina Like just the fear that people live in so, uh, yeah, she had mental health issues, if you couldn't guess, because she didn't just kill the husband. She hung him on a hook like he was a fucking piece of meat to her. She skinned him, decapitated him, and cooked parts of his body in a dish, and she seasoned she like even told the police, it was like, listen, So I dished it. So there was potato in there, there was some pumpkin, there was some beets, some zucchini, some cabbage, like woman, This is not a fucking recipe book. Oh, and the quick one she served it to his kids so uh yeah some serious fucking mental health issues she was diagnosed with like depression borderline personality disorder but again those things don't make other people kill right because there's a bunch of people with depression and some personality disorders she was just abusive motherfucking bitch and probably the most depraved and the one that you're like, why have you not mentioned this guy yet? Because he was a sicko man and he was most famously a pedophile before cannibal Halbert Fish. He famously ate a 10-year-old girl in New York. And then he proceeded, well, to write a letter to her family and tell them how much he enjoyed it. He is not out in the public, though. He was executed in an electric chair. Special piece of shit. Then there's obviously the one that I covered on this podcast, which is Richard Chase, and he was psychotic. Remember, remember good old Richie who consumed like people's blood with a fucking yogurt cup? Yeah, that guy. And well, he was psychotic because, again, he believed like space aliens are turning the blood into powder And, you know, that he lost his collarbone and weird shit like that And this is replenishing him And he ate the baby's brain because, again, he had a different concept of a happy meal Jesus I actually wanted to insert that joke in that episode And I was like, this is so not appropriate It's still not appropriate, but it just had to come out and well one of the most famous one well I covered him on Monday Jeffrey Dahmer listen to that if you haven't already with Jeffrey it was all about the product it was all about the final thing and what he did with the body after they were dead and with Jeffrey truly sadly like <laughs> so sadly But I don't think he enjoyed a single part of it. I don't think that he enjoyed consuming that meat. I don't think he enjoyed the kill. He just didn't enjoy a single part of his fucking life. But with him, it was kind of, yeah, everything was about sex, about necrophilia. And about like his just fixation, his paraphilia for these bodies. Where I'm going with all of these like, you know, summaries of like famous murders is to tell you that there is no definite answer as to why. So there's kind of like different categories people fall into and there's maybe different patterns, but there's not like one significant, like this is why every single one is going to kill. So most of them are extreme loners. They mostly don't have friends. Or they are bitter about them if they do. And then killing and eating of the victim ensures that they're never alone. Remember Jeffrey Dahmer? He just would start killing them once they start to leave. They're like, where are you going? (laughs) I need you. I need my zombie friend. So they have to have the victims with them at all times. And what is the ultimate way to have the victims with you at all times? To have them within you. Even though that's not how digestion works, sir. You will poop them out eventually. God, they're just stuck in my head now. So this kind of gives cannibals some control over their life. Well, if there's any single pattern, that would probably be control. Because all of these people, regardless of like mental health issues, religious beliefs, did they do it just for sex? They kind of did need some control over their life and this is how they imposed on it. And it's that ultimate trophy of a serial killer, right? Because now the victim is actually part of them, quite literally. So it's not even like, oh, I can steal, you know, this necklace off them. Or like, you know, I'm bringing this part of them and saving them with me. It's quite literally within you. God, this episode is depressing. So again, for somebody who drives on this, they got a high. They have to continue doing it. Because this is the ultimate thing, right? There's nothing worse for like normal person thinking about it but there's nothing as fulfilling nothing will ever meet that if you are that person like as I said with Jeffrey Domer he has done it all like there's nothing this man can ever like do to you know top that because he now has the complete control over a human And there are psychologists that have speculated that this might actually relate to, like, some childhood trauma relating to separation anxiety from either mother or, like, resulting in aggression, which kind of is the case with, like, some serial killers, like Jeffrey especially, because he was quite neglected at home, for example. Many of those who have committed cannibalism were found to suffer from schizophrenia, so, like, remember Richard Chase... And for one of the most recent famous cases, the German one of uh, Meeves in 2004 and 2006, he revealed that his motivation was for somebody to be part of him. And that cannibalism was the only way for him to fulfill that obsession. So exactly what we've been saying is like the ultimate thing, like nothing else will ever make somebody stay with you as permanently as that would. So that's it on the motivation kind of part, and I try to, like, break it down and simplify it as humanly possible, as weird this topic is. But then, as I was researching this, I was like, wait, there's been a trend around for quite some time that I completely do not understand, and I can never unsee and unread. And I was like, is it considered cannibalism? Because it, it goddamn should you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, eating your placenta, that trend. Mm-hmm. I love how th- the research that I have done this week, because I was literally like picking these articles like here and there. And I was like, what do I even, what do you even put in the minister like this? What do I want to know myself? And I was like, what would people want to learn? And I was like, there is no way that people out there haven't included this. And obviously there's multiple articles. So summary on placentophagy Placentophagy. yep that's um, when somebody makes your placenta into a broth after you give birth after you give birth and serves it to you post childbirth yet again quite like with the rest of cannibalism mammals yes they do eat their placenta for nutrition but humans don't have the same need they don't have to do this because their bodies rebuild after pregnancy through just vitamins regular food You don't have to eat the placenta. So the advocates for this fucking process, you know, all these white-ass Karen moms, they claim that placenta is just returning the the post-pregnancy body to health, you know, reduces the postpartum depression, which if it did, cool, I get it. Aids in breastfeeding, helps to shrink the uterus. Jesus. (laughs) But science says no. Science is against it. Trust the science. Then there was this article that said, If you're curious, here's a video of a husband cooking his wife's placenta. Did I click on it? Did I click on the video? Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. I'm scarred for life. I'm fucking scarred for life. Of course, I clicked on it. Did I regret it? Every single moment of it. I I have skipped through it. It was disgusting. I don't understand it. I don't know. So science says, A, placentas are often colonized with bacteria. Many are infected. As a general rule, don't eat it. Many of these bacteria can be pathogenic, meaning it causes diseases. Remember, as with cannibalism, like you can get Ebola, you can get disease, you die. So for people advocating, being like, well, mammals do it. Well, mammals have different bodies to us, right? They have this different reproductive physiology. They have litters, they have differently shaped uteri, uteruses, (laughs) octopuses. Okay, stop it. They have less invasive placentas. And they have this thing that's called like estrus, which means that they typically only have sex in the heat, so it doesn't affect them as much, right? I just love this article because somebody was super pissed. They're like, imagine if your gastroenterologist suggested eating grass for an upset stomach because cats do it. Yeah, you imagine that? This next part, I was truly screaming. I was like, what am I reading? Is this like some guinea Paltrow shit? So, there's like this whole fucking, again, side to it. Where it's like, how would you prepare it? I'm like, oh my god, is this a recipe book? So, most women would cook it. Like that guy did in that video. But then, there is this whole placenta encapsulation thing. Where it's actually steamed and dehydrated. And just placed in these gelatin capsules for consumption. Yeah, did you see what I mean? What am I reading? Again, there's no standards of how you process it, but it definitely has a cost. So this placental encapsulation, such a (laughs) sketchy expression there, can cost between 200 and 400 pounds. Or you can just continue eating normally and not spend 200 to 400 pounds or you can just actually get therapy for like postnatal depression just don't eat your fucking placenta how do you end an episode like this? (laughs) well there's a couple of questions I haven't answered Uh, number one is this legal? like can you you know let's say I didn't actually manage to encourage you not to do it can you get away with it if you were to dabble into cannibalism Uh, most probably not Technically, there are no outright laws against you consuming the human flesh. But most criminals who commit the acts of cannibalism are charged with different charges. So, murder, desecration of corpses, and necrophilia. Or one or the other, or all three. Now, as obviously I dived into like a whole YouTube binge, I would really suggest like. Cases of Bailey Serian. again here I am recommending somebody who doesn't need recommendation because they have like millions of views but she has done a couple of them on cannibalism and she has done like a few interesting ones so the famous Meves case in Germany is the one where it's all about the consent so basically there's been like this whole email exchange where somebody just actually volunteered like yes this is what I want done to me And then, well, how do you charge a person? So it's interesting from that perspective. So yes, he is still serving life sentence right now in prison for all these different charges, because again, no matter the consent, you have still committed the murder, you have still desecrated a corpse. But many people are still enraged, because if it does come to consent, then technically, should this person be serving as much time? And that's the main problem that I have with a topic such as cannibalism. As it's not regulated, there's no clear-cut answers, even with, like, placenta eating, let alone human eating. There's no clear-cut answers where it's like, don't eat it, because you will get this and you will die. So there are people that have committed it and have moved on to live their lives. There are people that have done different kind of sentences. There are people that are clearly out of the prison it's not clear-cut, it's not regulated to the level that you, it should be, to be honest. It's fucking 2020. And if you ever really wondered, but what if I died and never found out what human flesh would taste like? Let me end this episode with the words of the famous cannibal memes. The flesh tastes like pork, a little bit more bitter, stronger. It tastes quite good. This is how you're leaving us? Mm hmm This is me. This is who I am as a person. Happy Friday, yeah, sure. I'll be back next week with a chill topic because this week was heavy. Mm, heavy on the uh, human flesh. But yeah, until then, hit me up. If somebody was to consent to being eaten, should they be charged? Should they technically be charged as well as somebody not consenting, somebody being killed by Jeffrey Doppler, for example. Hm hmm hmm. You tell me, because I have fucking no clue. Ah, and don't, don't eat your placenta, please. Women out there, don't do it. Don't do it because celebrities do it. Celebrities do really dumb shit. Done. All the sources and the videos are down below, just if you want to watch, you know, Bailey Sarian or Ted Ed, where I got like the history on cannibalism and all that nonsense. But yeah, for now, happy Friday. Bye, fuckers. Bye.